Welcome to the Jeremiah Patterson Show, and thank you so very much for joining me on this Thursday. Today, Congressman John Lewis's funeral took place. Three former presidents attended the funeral, including former President of the United States Barack Obama, former President of the United States George W. Bush, and former President Bill Clinton. All three of them gave very excellent speeches at the funeral. President Obama's speech essentially calling for unity and ending racial divide, also just honoring the legacy of John Lewis. Here's President Obama at the funeral. He knew that the march is not over, that the race is not yet won, that we have not yet reached that blessed destination where we are judged by the content of our character. He knew from his own life that progress is fragile, that we have to be vigilant against the dark occurrence of this country's history, of our own history, with their whirlpools of violence and hatred and despair that can always rise again. Bull Connor may be gone, but today, we witness with our own eyes police officers kneeling on the necks of black Americans. George Wallace may be gone, but we can witness our federal government sending agents to use tear gas and batons against peaceful demonstrators. We may no longer have to guess the number of jelly beans in a jar in order to cast a ballot, but even as we sit here, there are those in power who are doing their darndest to discourage people from voting by closing polling locations and targeting minorities and students with restrictive ID laws and attacking our voting rights with surgical precision even undermining the Postal Service in the run-up to an election that's going to be dependent on mail-in ballots so people don't get sick. Now, I know this is a celebration of John's life. There are some who might say we shouldn't dwell on such things. But that's why I'm talking about it. John Lewis devoted his time on this earth fighting the very attacks on democracy and what's best in America that we're, we're seeing circulate right now. He knew that every single one of us has a God-given power and that the fate of this democracy depends on how we use it. Once again, former U.S. President Barack Obama giving his eulogy at John Lewis's funeral. John Lewis was an excellent American. He was an honorable man. He fought for the right to vote. He literally was beaten on he literally was beaten for the right to vote on the Edmund on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. It is up to us right now to carry on that fight. To not rest right now. 
because we do have work to do. The passing of John Lewis has inspired all of us to get into good trouble, to get into necessary trouble, and demand that our leaders are held accountable and hold our leaders accountable and go to the polls and vote. Not only vote in the presidential election, but vote in your state and local election because those are the elections that really matter, especially in your community. Voting is essential. People have fought for this right for you as an American citizen to vote. And for those who say their vote does not count, that, that is not true. Every vote counts. We live in a republic where you get the right to vote. Therefore, vote. Bring your friends and your family with the polls with you. Also, withhold. Stand in line. Even if voter suppression continues throughout this election, stand in line and prove them wrong. Bring chairs if they are essentially just going to make the lines longer. Voting is essential, and this is the most essential election in American history. With that said, here's my interview with Ms. Njima Davis-Washington. Joining me now for the interview is Ms. Najima Davis Washington. Uh, Ms. Najima, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. First of all, I'd like to acknowledge that today, uh, Congressman John Lewis, uh, the Honorable Congressman John Lewis, he always inspired us to get into good trouble, and today was his funeral. He passed away on July 17th, and uh, I have here with me today uh, Mr. Jima Davis Washington to speak with me about it. First of all, what exactly do you take away from this funeral as far as securing our democracy and upholding and, and just, just, just sort of fixing our democracy and, and essentially rising it up to what Congressman John Lewis fought for. Again, thank you for this time um, to reflect and to share my thoughts. Um, this is a solemn time to celebrate an incredible American hero. Uh, John Lewis leaves us through his life work through his final letter to us, through his final actions up until his very last days fighting for justice. And in my opinion, I think it's the perfect time for me to say it is time for a new American creed, a true democracy based on giving justice finally to all people to go beyond the mere words of our founding documents into true action. John Lewis leaves an incredible history, legacy of fighting for freedom and encouraging us to use our vote our vote to make change up and down the ballot from your city council to 
to your school board, your commissioners, the people that elect your judges and appoint your judges and appoint laws that have impact on your day-to-day life. John Lewis leaves us with a charge to take charge of our democracy. Mm -hmm. And each and every one of the people that spoke today have been touched by seeing that man's countless years in the struggle My mother likes to say, oh, she loves to talk about John Lewis and talk about what she saw, uh, him crossing the bridge that final time. She said there were two rainbows, Najeeb, two rainbows Hmm. as he crossed that bridge. And each and every person that spoke today was touched when they saw him cross that bridge so many times when they've made their own walks and marches for freedom, it's time for us to stand up and demand the democracy and the justice and the freedom and the equity and the parity and the liberty and justice for all. I definitely agree with that statement. And, you know, I I think the passing of John Lewis, I think the passing of Congressman John Lewis, I think it sort of inspires all of us as Americans to really take this election seriously. I mean, the thing that John Lewis fought for was the right to vote. I mean, he was literally beat it on the Edmund Pettus Bridge for that right to vote. for, for For the people in America right now, that look at the current state of our nation and say that their vote doesn't matter, what do you say to them? Please, 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 don't believe that. Don't believe that your vote does not matter because that means you're giving up on the liberty and freedom that this country promises you. Mm -hmm. Don't give up on that. Fight for that. Like I said, each and every decision that affects you outside of your house and some inside are based on the laws that people make. People that you elect. And people that are appointed by the people you elect. Mm -hmm. Be involved. I say, America, your right to vote is as American as your grandma's sweet potato pie. (laughs) Okay? What does abuela make? Huh? (laughs) What does granny make? Mm-hmm. What does Big Mama make? She put all her love in there. Mm-hmm. And she wants the best for you. And she knows from all her days, seeing this country grow, and it's good and bad. 
mm-hmm. that the choices we make on the ballot box, not just every four years in November, sometimes every year, mm-hmm. locally, those are the ones that matter. Politics is local. Your right to vote matters, people. Yes. I think I think some of the people only take the presidential election seriously. And, you know, vocal, excuse me, local elections matter as well, because those are the elections that determine the prosecutors and also the DAs. So for the people who are not necessarily taking local elections seriously, is there a way to sort of inspire that? The best thing to inspire people to action in my opinion is for them to see or become enraged by the things that they feel like are not just in their local areas if you see crime if you see people acting in a way that is out of the out of line with the law and out of the spirit of community. Mm-hmm. The, your community should reflect you. Yes. Your community should reflect you and your values, and you should. And if it doesn't, speak up and share your values. Mm-hmm. That's only fair. We can disagree, but we must live together. Um, what, another thing that uh, we, we are seeing this week in in Portland, Oregon, in particular, in Portland, Oregon, we are seeing this authoritarian crisis uh, with the president of the United States essentially sending troops to federal to excuse me, essentially sending federal agents to cities. And the what what was astonishing today is that the Associated Press did some reporting and that most of the protesters that were attacked were peaceful protesters. Congressman John Lewis encouraged us and also inspired us to protest and fight for the right to vote and also protest and voice our opinions. We the, we are seeing an assault on democracy like never before. What is your response to this authoritarian crisis? I agree with you. What we are seeing across the country with President Trump's use of force in this way by federal agents on peaceful protesters is despicable, astounding, uh, incredible, fearful to watch. Uh, This is not America. Uh, These are not tactics, driving up in vans and taking people and unarmed, excuse me, uh, uh, unidentified agents. those things are, are, are not American, and every American should be concerned by that activity by our government. And if I am not, uh, if I am incorrect, please update me. I believe there's been a significant pushback on that um, across the country. I believe uh, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania have also been targeted uh, as two cities that President Trump has threatened to uh, send his federal 
uh, troops to, and, and if I am correct, these are all uh, Democratic uh, cities that uh, the president is threatening with these troops, um, mm-hmm. Chicago as well. Uh, and this is despicable. And I believe um, the congresswoman from uh, Washington brought this up with uh, Attorney General Barr just the other day. And I, uh, if, if you have not seen or if your audience has not seen this uh, interrogation by the, the, the congresswoman um, um, from Washington, you should definitely see mm-hmm. uh, that wonderful display of just intelligence and, 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 and strong-willed determination to be heard and to have our officials respond to us. Yes. Yes. Um, I, 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 I do, I do know what Pete, I do know what, uh, what recording you're talking about. I actually play that piece for my audience. I believe it was yesterday. Yeah. I played it yesterday on the show by Seattle Congresswoman, uh, Pramila Jayapal. Essentially, she was just grilling the attorney general on his sort of sort of ignorance to the situation in Michigan versus the situation in Portland. Um, I watched the attorney general's full testimony sitting there for five hours, and I was just exasperated by the way he was commenting. I mean, this is the top law enforcement official in our country. I mean, yes, Um, the it's almost the same um a cavalier uh disregard that uh Derek Chauvin uh showed uh for George Floyd mm-hmm. uh, uh, attorney general Barr the top cop being unaware of the um uh, despicable atrocious things that were spoken and threatened uh against the, the 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 governor of Michigan. What we see by different actors in 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 America, when you see armed white neo Nazi supporters, Confederate flag waving Americans, you know, use guns to threaten. Otherwise, why do you take guns to a to a, to a space? Uh, why do you storm um, a, a federal or a state building? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was no use of force um, by the president or, or nor support. They do that under the guise of oh, we're supporting federal property. We only protect federal property. But uh, the fact that that Attorney General Barr was ignorant of the things that were threatened against the, the, the governor of Michigan versus, you know, the, the what happened uh, in, in other states where he, he, he threatens to send his goons. Mm-hmm. I'll call it what it is. It's, it's, it's despicable. And he should be uh, ashamed. But yeah. we see that, 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 Yesterday was actually, as I thought about it, almost the utmost declaration of how America, it's almost a declaration of America's law enforcement philosophy. Hmm. It was damning. I saw no compassion. 
Mm-hmm. Did you see it? You watched for five hours. Did yeah. you see any compassion? No, I did not. It, it looked like the attorney general was <sighs> completely ignorant. Uh, it also appeared as the attorney general essentially did not care. That's very disturbing because, you know, um, I have spent a lot of time over the last uh, a few weeks really thinking about black people mm-hmm. uh, and our relationship with law enforcement and quasi-law enforcement um, uh, organizations and individuals, right? How mm-hmm. we interact with, with, with law enforcement. And conversely, and almost in a parallel sense, our involvement with uh, the, the military. And if you, you know, see black men can have one or two sort of experiences with law enforcement and or the military, these disciplinary structures, either you are on the pipeline to prison. Or you could have a military experience as a black man in America. Or you could have prayerfully no experience, but you're still going to have a very peppered walk through life with the league law with law enforcement and police and the police. Mm-hmm. Me myself as well. Their origins are to control black bodies. Mm -hmm. And it seems as though that agenda uh, continues. You you notice the, I mean, the Constitution, everything is about property. Property. The president said he went to protect federal property, right? That's Mm -hmm. what he's going to do. That's what he's doing. Because that's why he says he won't go into a state. Can't, you can't protect the governor of Michigan. He'll protect federal property in other states. Mm-hmm. The, the Constitution, the, the use of, 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 of police, the development of a, of a police force coming from, from, from slave catchers meant to catch runaway property. Our laws are written to protect property. We should always keep that in the the back and the forefront of our minds when we're thinking about the law. Absolutely. Um, As far as monitoring, as far as monitoring the coronavirus pandemic, uh, it has now killed more than 152,000. We've now lost more than 152,000 souls due to this crisis. The leadership at the top of the federal government has been feckless. It has been incompetent and essentially just denouncing this pandemic and essentially just marking it as a hoax. I mean, as the death rate continues to rise and more people are dying all across the country and we are seeing rising infections in states, what is your message to the president? President Trump, I... I... I pray that you remain safe during this time because no matter what I or other people may feel about you, sir, you are the leader of our country and your well-being is important to all of our well-being. So first and 
foremost, I pray you remain safe. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, sir, please follow the guidelines that our scientists are trying are, are are sharing with us to help us to remain safe. And even though those things may change as we learn more. Don't give the American people the wrong impression. Mm -hmm. Don't do that, sir. Don't. Tell, tell people to follow the guidelines. Stay safe. 152,000 souls. Lost. Unnecessarily. Please protect more people from dying. Please, President Trump, reconsider opening our schools. Just as much as our businesses and stores are the lifeline of our economy and our business, that means nothing if the people can't get out and enjoy them safely because they succumb. Mm -hmm. Schools are are not the environment to be forcing to reopen right now. Let's let's let science inform us so that we can make better decisions going forward to save more lives. And that was an excellent point. I, I, here's my final question. Uh, Congressman John Lewis, um, he fought for racial equality for all. He also fought for American citizens to get the right to vote. Uh, he was beaten to gain, to gain that opportunity. As we are seeing right now, uh, we are seeing racial tensions all over the country. We are seeing protests against uh, racial inequality and against violence. The leadership right now is essentially dividing us. The president has divided us. He has used racist language and xenophobic language towards migrants. Um, essentially, I'm not going to call it what the president is saying because I don't want my audience to even hear that. But, I mean, what the president is doing here is just absolutely astonishing. I mean, we, we have had racist presidents before, but this is just openly, explicitly, I don't care, I'm racist, so what? This is what we're seeing right now. Right now, we need our country to be united. And if the president of the United States is not going to do that, who do you think can bring the country together? There are countless leaders of all backgrounds and ideologies and religions from all regions and cities and states across this country. America has no shortage for leadership. John Lewis left us with a charge 
My mother says she believes that him standing in Black Lives Matter way plaza in Washington was his passing of the torch. Hmm. That's remarkable. Wow. I absolutely agree. It was a passing of a torch to the next generation that even though Congress John Lewis has now passed away, we must continue the fight. We cannot rest yet because there is so much more to work for. Uh, once again, my guest is Miss Najima Davis Washington. Uh, Miss Najima, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much again for having me, Jeremiah. Always a pleasure and a great conversation. Thank you so much. All right, we will be right back. If you looked at America like a bird and that was all you knew, would you really understand it with just that point of view? We've got a different way to look at it from right here on the ground. We don't just see United States, we see United Towns. From where we sit, just down the street, near the post office, by the park, when we stop and look around, what we see are sparks. Sparks of hope, of compassion, of communities who stand firm, when neighbors lift each other up, expecting nothing in return. We're grateful for what you bring, and all the sparks you've shown, and the thousands of towns that we get to call home. Troy, when we would visit Montgomery, visit Tuskegee, visit Birmingham, I saw those signs that said white men, colored men, white women, colored women, white waiting, colored waiting. As a young child, I tasted the bitter fruits of segregation and racial discrimination, and I didn't like it. I asked my mother, my father, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, why segregation, why racial discrimination? And they would say, that's the way it is. Don't get in the way, don't get in trouble. But one day in 1955, at the age of 15, in the 10th grade, I heard about Rosa Parks. I heard Dr. King speaking on old radio. The leadership of Dr. King, his words, the action of Rosa Parks inspired me to find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Barbara Lee, Mayor Harris, been getting in trouble. I have the feeling that here, Today, we're too quiet. We're too quiet. We need to make some noise. We need to find a way to get in the way. We need to find a way to get in good trouble, necessary trouble, if we're going to save America. Although Congressman John Lewis is gone, he left us a letter today. And the letter reads, Together you can redeem the soul of our nation written by Congressman John Lewis. Quote, While my time here has now come to an end, 
I want you to know that in the last days and hours of my life, you inspired me. You fulfilled me with hope about the next chapter of the great American story when you used your power to make a difference in our society. Millions of people motivated simply by human compassion laid down the burdens of division. Around the country and the world, you set aside race, class, age, language, and nationality to demand race, excuse me, to demand respect for human dignity. That is why I had to visit Black Lives Matter Plaza in Washington, though I was admitted to the hospital the following day. I just had to see and feel it for myself that after many years of silent witness, the truth is still marching on. Emmett Till was my George Floyd. He was my Rayshard Brooks, Sandra Bland, and Breonna Taylor. He was 14 when he was killed, and I was only 15 years old at the time. I will never, ever forget the moment when it became so clear that he could easily have been me. In those days, fear constrained us like an imaginary prison and troubling thoughts of potential brutality committed for no understandable reason were the bars. Though I was surrounded by two loving parents, plenty of brothers, sisters, and cousins, their love could not protect me from the unholy oppression waiting just outside that family circle. Unchecked, unrestrained, Violence and government-sanctioned terror had the power to turn a simple stroll to the store for some Skittles or an innocent morning jog down on a lonesome country road into a nightmare. If we are to survive as one unified nation, we must discover what so readily takes root in our hearts that could rob Mother Manuel Church in South Carolina of her brightest and best. Shoot! unwitting concert-goers in Las Vegas and choked to death the hopes and dreams of a gifted violinist like Elijah McLean. Like so many young people today, I was searching for a way out, or some might say a way in, and then I heard the voice of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on a radio. He was talking about the philosophy and discipline of nonviolence. He said, we are all complicit when we tolerate injustice. He said, it is not to say it will get better by and by. He said, each of us has a moral obligation to stand up, speak up, and speak out. When you see something that is not right, you must say something. You must do something Democracy is not a state. It is an act, and each generation must do, its, must do its part to help build what we called the beloved community, a nation and world, a nation and world society at peace with itself. Ordinary people with extraordinary vision can redeem the soul of America by getting in what I call good trouble, necessary trouble. Voting and participating in the democratic process are key. The vote is the most powerful nonviolent change agent you have in a democratic society. You must use it because it is not guaranteed. You can lose it. You must also study and learn the lessons of history because humanity has been involved in this soul-wrenching existential struggle for a very long time. People on every continent have stood in your shoes through decades and centuries before you. 
The truth does not change, and that is why the answers worked out long ago can help you. The answers that worked out long ago can help you find solutions to the challenges of our time. Continue to build union between movements stretching across the globe because we must put away our willingness to profit from the exploitation of others. Though I may not be here, I urge you to answer the highest calling of your heart and stand up for what you truly believe. In my life, I have done all I can to demonstrate that the way of peace, the way of love and nonviolence is the more excellent way. Now it is your turn to let freedom ring. When historians pick up their pens to write the story of the 21st century, let them say that it was your generation who laid down the heavy burdens of hate and at last. And that peace finally triumphed over violence, aggression, and war. So I say to you, walk with the wind, brothers and sisters, and let the spirit of peace and the power of everlasting love be your guide. End quote. Once again, this is a letter by Congressman John Lewis. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Jeremiah Patterson Show. Have a great day, and I'll see you tomorrow.